today I wanted to talk about how to harness your creativity, especially as someone who's very creative and about to graduate college and trying to figure out like how to use those talents to make money and also just like be happy and like, you know, utilize my creativity beyond just like my hobbies. Um, I thought it would be really interesting to talk about it today. So I have a guest with me. His name is Nigel Sandridge. What's going on, gang? And he is American, but he lives in England right now, which is really interesting. I was supposed to go to England during the my spring break, my freshman year of college, but obviously the pandemic messed that up. <laughs> um, but I'll make it there one day. Maybe one day we can see each other. Um, but he runs a media company called No Margins Media. And I thought he'd be like the perfect guest to talk about how we as like creative people can use our creativity in our daily lives, but also like in our professional lives. Let me go ahead and make a formal introduction to Miss Now. Uh, my name is Nigel Sandridge. Everybody calls me Sand. Sand, like the beach. I'm the hard to reach. I like to talk, but I don't preach. It all rolls off the tongue. You'll catch it when you catch it. Or you might trip double back and have to hit it again. Um, <laughs> I run a media company called No Margins Media, where we're artists and creatives. And I also run a clothing brand called Hold Hundred Tag Studios. Um, yeah, I am the embodiment of just like, I guess, manifesting that creativity, just funneling in, finding out how to make this shit fun. So during our little jumble talk today, I would like to tell you guys a bunch of cool ways to like still play in the sandbox, as I call it. So I thought like a great starting point for this conversation would be like, how do you identify like your strengths? How do you know what you're good at as a creative person beyond like just what feels right? So... The first way to find out what your creative strengths are as a creative person is to find out everything you're bad at. <laughs> Yo, your whole life, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, just like, you know, you'll you'll find out that you're good at this and just stick with it and this and that and this and that. A lot of stuff you think you're good at, you're bad at. We don't know because you don't know you're bad at other things, right? Yeah. So, like, for me, for example... um, I was in the military before I became a director, like, right? And my job was journalism. So pretty much on a day-to-day -day basis, I went to different places and found out how bad I was at stuff. I, <laughs> I come over there, I see I deliver babies. Oh, wow, I'll be bad at that. You guys changing too many tires? Wow, bad at that. Wow, click, 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 gun, eating bugs in the forest? Terrible at it. So <laughs> like, it was one of them things that kind of like, I got lucky enough, I would have to say, to, like, experience life early enough to know what things I wasn't into. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we spend so much time trying to make a thing that we're interested in, the thing that we're interested in, that we waste money, we waste time, we waste, we waste resources on, like, investing in something just to learn that it was never what we were really about. So, like, I would say the best way to do it is just to kind of, like, flow you kind of mm -hmm. got to just be like yeah. the more you just be the more the world just kind of invites side quests like they call me side quest sand right <laughs> i'll do the most random thing like um this week i literally was working in my clothing brand i did like four shoots with the media company then i was also in a bollywood film but then i might walk a dog in between mm -hmm. but then i might like i just do a bunch of random stuff to make it interesting for myself but it's also cool because i just learned what I'm good and what I'm not good at. Like, I'm not saying, like, go lie about, like, what your capabilities are to get a job or anything so you can try it out. But, like, the world will grant you just stuff to try out. And I say, hey, 
find out if you're bad at it or you're good at it or if you like it or if you don't. And then that kind of like helps you build the story around what your character is and who, what you're going to be about. Mm, that's really interesting. And I feel like that's something that I'm going through now as like I'm trying new things and I'm about to graduate college. And sometimes when I like realize that I don't like something, it kind of stresses me out because it feels like I'm running out of options of what I might actually like. But I feel like I need to like listen to your advice and kind of not feel like anxious with going about like going with the flow, like just kind of lean into the not knowing what's going to come next. But it feels like you know, you feel like you need to do the whole steps thing. You go to high school, then you go to college, and then you get a job. But me wanting to deviate from those steps has been kind of like something that makes me a little bit like nervous about. Um, so I'm trying to like find comfort in the flow. I'll give you the sages advice I wish somebody told me. Life is not linear. <laughs> <laughs> Life is nowhere near linear, right? So mm -hmm. like I used to I used to get so in my head about like where I needed to be and like how I was comparing myself to the next person yeah. and just do I need to be in school? Do I need to have this? Do I need to have this? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? That it kind of fucked me. Like I spent a lot of time not knowing who I was because I spent more time trying to be like everybody else than run my own course mm -hmm. where what I had to realize was that like everything comes accordingly at its own like reign. Like mm -hmm. I'm spending all this time trying to go to school because my friends are going to school. Yeah. I never went to school. And guess what? I ended up going to school later and I got a master's. I don't even have a bachelor's. Life's not linear, but we're we're told that you're supposed to like go to college and get married and have kids and do this and do yeah. that. And it's like, I think it's a great base point. Mm -hmm. It's like, great. It's, it's like, if you don't know what you want to do, mm -hmm. then definitely just like kind of stay that course. So you have a peace of mind every night going to sleep. But if you know you, you want more, mm -hmm. I would say never try to like, stop yourself from deciding that you can try to get more out of life yeah that's so true and I feel like like it's important not to think that your strengths have to manifest in the same way and in the same like time frame like um time period that everyone else does so even if you don't get into maybe like your dream college your strengths or your success in life can manifest in a different way which is something I've been thinking about a lot lately <laughs> It always comes back tenfold. Like the thing I've kind of noticed about life is that if you move with genuine intention and you move progressively, the world will give you everything you need. You don't got to worry about where you like pairing yourself to the next man. Just worry about how you're moving as a human being. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the stuff that I'm getting or that the world is granting me right now was never shit that I was getting compared to my friends. Like, a lot of the stuff that I'm getting now, like, my friends probably had three, four years ago, five, six years ago type shit. But um, it just, we move on different time time frames. And, like, we also have different mindsets when it comes to this stuff. Like, mm -hmm. like I said with the whole sandbox method, I'll explain that to you. Mm -hmm. I feel like as a creative, mm -hmm. to fully harness creativity, yeah. you need to understand the first thing is you're the kid in the sandbox yeah. who's still playing. That's true. Everybody else went inside. They're, playing, they're doing math, sciences, mm -hmm. this, that, home ec, whatever the fuck. But mm -hmm. you're still playing. And this sandcastle gets bigger and bigger the more you can convince other people that playing in the sandbox and building a fort is the vibe. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm -hmm. as a creative, you need to find other creative people. Even if y'all ain't in the same field, y'all don't do the same thing, y'all don't live the same lifestyle, but people you kind of align with and drive to help push you because 
I'm only here. I only exist as the guy I exist as because I met multiple people who do different things who kind of helped me realize, like, hey, if I make your dream come true, my dream comes true. If I, <laughs> if I, if I do this, you're this, and that, that happens. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's how the, 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 the average, like, trajectory works for most people is mm-hmm. that we've all, as a human race, agreed that this is the trajectory we should run. So everybody in proximity is helping each other build that up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you work at a job and it's a, and it's a, I ain't gonna say, I wanna, why does nine to five feel offensive now? You can do it with the money, go crazy. But like, you know, say, if you work at a nine to five, right? Mm-hmm. It's about 30 other motherfuckers in here who mm-hmm. all helped make this world exist of what this building is, what this corporation is, what you guys are all doing together. Creators gotta do that for each other. That's true, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times, if you are a creative person, you can fall into isolation if you're not careful, like fall into creating by yourself when you create with other people. Cause like I'm, well, I'm mostly a writer. Like that's like my main creative outlet. I also like have, like I make art and stuff like that, but mainly writing is what I focus on. Um, And that feedback process is so instrumental. And just like, even if you're not getting feedback, being around other writers makes me feel more creative already so like what you're talking about like building off of each other is so important because I can be like I have a tendency to like shut myself in my room and like write um so I have to remind myself to do that like what you're talking about yeah no you definitely have to do that I think that I tell everybody I think that collaboration is key here because we get this is the thing most most like it could be a, it could be a writer it could be an actor it could be a dancer it could be a singer it could be anybody on that scale that we see on tv or in life that we deem so successful, yeah, they hate us. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you why they hate us. And it ain't even just like me and you or just like other people who create this or anybody who creates. They hate all of us. And not like it's they hate us and want us to die type shit, but like as in they don't typically like us. They have a chip on their shoulder because in their heads, they've done all of this shit to be great on their own. Yeah. Most creators are people who are kind of strange or who saw outside of the box of what the world was. So the, <laughs> we got judged for it. And that's just what it is. It is what it is. It comes with the territory. You know what I'm saying? To, to make what we make, somebody got to think differently. But like most of those creators think like that because they never thought about the concept of collaboration. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like sometimes I look at people like I look at like a, a Seth Rogen and you see all the like random guys around him yeah. who kind of just casually flow in and out of culture yeah and I say to myself like or the Rat Pack the Rat Pack is way before both of our generations but like <laughs> just like like Sammy Davis Jr. I mean Sam, yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. and like yeah. um yeah like this was a group of people who all collaborated with each other and helped like build each other up so yeah. I always tell people collaboration is key because like being around other creators helps you get stronger. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you go around another writer, you think about your writing style more. Don't, don't think about like what you're doing wrong, but think about how you can be better. Right. Think about your writing style more. You go around a painter, you think about how to paint your words in different colors. You go around a singer, you think about how to make your shit more melodic. You go around a dancer, you say, oh, I can make my I can make my 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 words flow like poetry or something like that. You go around a poet, you like, wow, you can do that in such a short stanza. Like, I need to figure that out. Like, yeah. you learn so much stuff from other creative people that in that you can go around a plumber and just see him be locked in on how he like strategically breaks down the process and be like, I need to strategically break down my process. And right. like, you can get inspired by that. Like, 
I think a lot of times we we think of creativity as just like painting and drawing and writing and stuff, but it's it's anything that anybody takes a passion in. And I think that you need to go be around anybody who takes a passion and a pride in what they got going on. And they help you take a passion and a pride in what you have going on. That's so true. Yeah. I definitely, definitely think creativity can be found like anywhere and within anyone. Um, and I do, I do want to start looking at life through that lens more often versus just like looking at someone who's like painting a building or just someone who's painting a building, just like finding creativity in the smallest of places. No, that's, and, that, and that's the, and that, I think that's the easiest way to pull from it, right? Because mm-hmm. I always tell people my, my biggest go back is like, or my biggest, my biggest like dial back is like, there's two types of guys, right? Or there's mm-hmm. two types of people in the world. There's the train conductor and there's the train conductor. I don't know if it's the same in America, but like, right, there's, there's two types. There's mm-hmm. the guy who's just on the train. He's working in his job. Yeah. And there's the guy with a top hat little handlebar mustache, a yeah. fucking pocket watch, all that stuff. He's the, he's a train conductor. Yeah, I know. I want to be him in anything I do. That is so true. That is so you know true. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I listened to Stevie Wonder this morning and I was like going into the, uh, the studio yeah. and I was just listening to uh, Isn't She Lovely? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to be this moment, whatever he felt when he created this. Like, I want to look at my life and just say, I want to create on this level. Well, am I gonna make music? Probably not. But <laughs> but like when I create, I want the world to feel the way I felt on that walk in the morning. And I think that like you gotta just kind of find people that have passion in whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Everybody I know ain't creative. And I and to say only hang out with creatives would be the stupidest fucking lie I could ever tell you. Cause that's not how you learn about the world. Mm-hmm. You learn from experiencing everybody but like i would say just find people with passion because passion has ebbs and flows it has highs and lows it has different emotions and you can just pull inspiration from seeing how people act about the stuff they really care about as opposed to just existing and existing yeah i definitely get that that's something i strive for like post-graduation i think that's what i'm like searching for right now i'm a student teacher but i don't really like it I mean, I love the teaching aspect. I love the students, but I'm kind of like an introvert and it kind of is like a lot, it's very draining for me because you're putting on a performance, literally seven hours a day putting on a performance to get these little children to want to learn. Um, And I didn't realize how draining that would be as an introvert. Um, And so I kind of, I do want to do something that makes me feel like I'm making people look at the world in a different way or I'm bringing people that same peace or inspiration. And I feel like teaching I mean, I could do that maybe with the students, but I, I don't feel like that inner peace within myself that I do like when I'm writing or whatever. I did a, a, a I did a teaching course with this charity here called the Princess Trust, where I spent a week uh, with my co-director Pikachu mm-hmm. uh, teaching. Uh, <laughs> I see your face green at the Pikachu. <laughs> we'll get back to that. <laughs> but like, so we did um we did a two week not not two week it was a week course where we taught um underprivileged youth like how to like make their own films or shoot their own films and stuff like that and I realized that I was like wow there's a lot of energy that goes into being a teacher so shout out to all y'all teachers out there y'all go crazy I didn't (laughs) realize I was a menace like whoa kids like me was a problem I was a problem kid and you got to spend special time with me but like (laughs) like, love those things the most to be honest oh yeah charisma man i used to look at my little man it's like bro you gotta come to class bro if you come i'll be so happy like (laughs) but like like, it was one of those ones like 
I realized that it's so much work that goes into being a teacher. I got a, uh, a roommate and he's a musician and he's a teacher as well. And it's like, I see how much work goes into being a teacher. And I think people don't respect that enough. So round of applause to y'all first. <laughs> but secondly, I would say that you got to recharge. And the, the thing that keeps you from like aging out and becoming an old librarian woman who's a teacher is yeah. like just going and doing them other things that keep you inspired and keep you like learning about the world yourself. Cause yeah, it's like a good place to like learn and grow and just develop other people. And I think we need to develop the people around us mm-hmm. as human beings. But um, it's just like, it's also very important that you like, you know, you make that cognizant decision to go and be like, I'm shy. I'm gonna go talk to people. Mm-hmm. I, like I'm this, I'm gonna go do that. Like right innately i am the shyest human being in the world i spent most of my life trying not to be noticed at all like i was like if i could just go through life and people just don't notice me it's the most beautiful thing that ever exists peaceful (laughs) i thought too it's so it's so peaceful but i i realized so one of my homies was just like kind of loud and i was like bro like why you like this he's like because i'm just this is just who i am and like if I feel uncomfortable, I don't like this or I don't like that, I'm going to tell the world about it. And I was like, I respect that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I respect that. Like, um, because like, you know, however you perceive this joint, it's, it's on your own terms. So you might as well get the most bang for your buck. So mm-hmm. me, for example, I got out of being in my shell by asking questions. If I want to know something, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Instead of just thinking... I would go home and I would sit in my room and be like, damn, I should have asked Sydney when she was studying. <laughs> I know she told me that, but I didn't want to ask because it was just, it, it, it made me feel bad. Like, no, I asked instantly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like today, even like I was talking to a guy, he told me his whole story. He's a porn star, this, that, yada, yada. And he was like, this is the most random thing that ever happened. But you know what I'm going to do? Keep asking questions because I probably got these questions I would never ask nobody, but I'm going to get asked right now because if I can't ask you them questions about the scenario and that we existing in, then like, I'm, I'm going to have that hunt me forever. You know what I'm saying? So like, it was one of them things where like, I kind of realized you only exist as a blip in most people's lives. Like, especially mm-hmm. when you try to make yourself minuscule. Mm-hmm. So you might as well kind of try to do it on your own terms and to develop your own conclusions from there. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like a lot of that comes from, learning like who you want to be, who you are and who you want to be, learning what both of those identities are and trying to find like that middle ground there. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I want to be a published author. I want to, I want to be able to like live off the money I make writing. Um, that's the, the long-term goal. I thought that if I became a teacher, I could write during the summer. And I was like, oh, like I have a kid, so I can just write during the summer and I will still like have money while I'm writing. And then later I'll just go to being a writer. But I kind of want to like dive in like right now. But I'm like, I, I have like trusting my abilities and my ability to succeed is like a gamble because I'm not like rolling in money. So it's like I have to take that risk. And that's something I've been like trying to trying to deal with right now to to get what I want to be when I like grow up, I guess. <laughs> so like this is this is i'm not gonna lie this is one of the things that helped change my life was um i was working i was working with like netflix in london and i was working all over the world and all this other stuff and i was just doing stuff Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I was trying to decide if I was going to move to London or where in the world. And I came to Manchester, which is where I live now. And I um, had a great time. And I was like, you know, this is the place for me. So I moved here and I had 34 cents left to my name. 30, 30, I'll tell everybody this one, 34 cents. I walked around the city. I couldn't buy nothing at the dollar store. Poundland is what they call it here. I couldn't, like, I couldn't buy crackers. Like, I'm at the store, like, oh they got up, like 15 cents. Like, I couldn't, like, that's how poor I was. I couldn't afford nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was just in this motherfucker, sad. Mm-hmm. And my, 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 my homie, my roommate, Tom, he said to me, he said, just keep creating. And mm-hmm. I was like, you're right. And that was like the thing that kind of turned it over for me was like, because creation isn't about money. Yeah. Creation, like, you know what I'm saying? Creation, like when it comes to the whole harnessing thing we were talking about, creation, it's not about money. Mm-hmm. It's not about popularity. It's not about fame. It's not about success. It's not about none of that shit that we get in our heads and think the world's about. Or mm-hmm. it's about how you innately feel about what you put into a process. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what creation is. It's mm-hmm. you taking your brain, your body, your essence, your energy, and you giving it to a thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got a lamp right here. Some guy, <laughs> some guy put his everything into that lamp. Yeah, make it. You got to respect that because that's creation. Mm-hmm. So I would sit in the house, no money type shit, and I would just keep making videos. I would keep shooting pictures. Mm-hmm. I would keep, I, I, I was making my own clothes. I was doing everything. I was just creating. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that kind of made me realize was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I started getting money, it was already in my brain. So this is what I'm supposed to do. When I got my like, when I was getting when I like when I was getting jobs doing this and that, like anywhere to just make a little money here and there. Yeah, I could I could be away for three days trying to work his job. I come home tired, still create. Mm-hmm. I can go home. I, I mean, I could go work on a set. I could work on somebody else's job, like doing a thousand things. One time I was on the film set and I was just a trash man. My whole job was to take out trash. So for the whole day, for like four months, I'm just taking out trash, taking out trash, taking out trash. Every break, I was creating. Every time I went home, I was creating. I was just creating some shit. I was just working on something. Because what it does is it teaches your brain to get over that hump. We build barriers in our head. You said, okay, I can just do it in summer. But why can't you do it now? Write 15 words, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. like, it's just like, it's like, once you build a creator brain, you can make sure it's always there. It becomes second nature. You know what I'm saying? The same way we can go to a job and do that job every day, we mm-hmm. should allocate enough time in our brain for just creating. Yeah. It ain't gotta be it ain't gotta be a Mona Lisa, you know what I'm saying? But even like shit, Picasso and them would tell you that it took them a minute to make them shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's like. Sometimes you just got to work it out slowly, piece by piece by piece. These pictures, these paintings, I got to paint it on this wall. It, it, it wasn't done. It wasn't done in a day. It was me coming back to it little by little by little by little by little and just like working it out. And I felt like that was the thing that kind of like saved my life was just realizing that you can't, you don't got to beat yourself up because the internet make you feel bad because everything's in five minutes yet but it's like you just take your time and do it on your own terms 
and you slowly build the confidence to create on the level you want to create. Mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That consistency is something that I've been working on. I did this challenge earlier this year where I wrote 1,600 words every day until I got to 50,000 words. That's like novel length. Um, and it was so hard, but I felt so happy at the end of it. And it reminded me of something an author had told me where she said that, you know, creativity is just like being an athlete, just like athletes go to practice however many hours a day, you should allocate time to being creative, to writing, whatever your creative outlet is every day, or, you know, even, even like once a week as limited amount, if you, even if you can only do 10 minutes, if you're doing that consistently, that is so much better than just like doing it like once a month when you get around to it or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, I was just talking to one of my homies about that because I'm a director. Mm. Like that's my primary line. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, like um, I was talking to one of my homies about it. I just found out he did film. Mm. And he was like, yeah, man, like I never told you I did film because I never finished nothing. But it wasn't about the fact I had I explained to him it was like it's not about the fact that you haven't finished nothing, but it's the process. I had to stand on a like I had to stand on a ledge and say, I'm a director, I'm a director, I'm a director in front of everybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that like and it, this is just for me. This ain't for everybody. I had to literally tell the world this so that I had to show the world it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like just even by that, it was like, if I'm going to I'm I meet you, I'm like, what's up, Sydney? I'm a director. I do this, I do this, I do this, I do that. I have to go home and I have to create something now because I already told you I was a director. Right, yeah. If you think I'm a director, you're going to look at me and be like, you know what? I'm going to go check his page out, see if he's a director. He ain't mm -hmm. no director. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I had to, like, just get comfortable with, like, one, speaking my truth into existence because mm. I feel like we all got a truth for ourselves. Yeah, and then, yeah. two, just disciplining myself enough to be at, like, if I'm going to be this guy and I'm going to believe this about myself, I got to create that sphere around me. That's mm -hmm. what the sandbox is. You're creating that sandbox around yourself. Mm -hmm. You're saying, hey, I'm going to build the tallest sandcastle ever. And your goal is to keep working on it until somebody else decides to ditch class and come help you. Yeah. Somebody else ditches class and helps you. Somebody else ditches class and help you. Fuck it. Second recess. That's what it is. Yeah. You're <laughs> second recess. Because <laughs> a lot of kids went inside and they decided they was gonna finish math and this and that become scientists. Mm -hmm. But if somebody had to stay outside and and say, I really, really, really want to make the future in design. I really want to make the future and how people think about things. And it's crazy when you say it, but mm -hmm. it's better to say it and then do it mm -hmm. than to think it and never do it. That's so true. I was in the Apple store one time. My phone was broken. I was in there and this guy, he was, we were like waiting for the phone to do its thing or whatever um, while it was running the software. And he was like, so like you go to, cause we, I had told him I was in college. He said, so what do you study? And I was like, well, I study like education because I'm a teacher, but I really want to be a writer. And he was like, well, do you write? And I was like, yep. And he was like, well, then you're already a writer. What you want to be is an author, like a published author. And I was like, you're so right. Like thinking about yourself already in those places is something that I've been practicing. But sometimes I'm like, well, Sydney, maybe that was a little bit too far. Like maybe that goes like too high. It's never too far. You got to think about it now. Because mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, like, right? Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, I was working at a Wendy's. I worked mm -hmm. at a Wendy's in Chicago type shit. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at everybody and I just knew. I just, it was, it was two people and it was me and this other girl. 
and we just had two different goals in life. She wanted to be like an Instagram like shorty and go crazy. Yeah. She did. <laughs> but it was like me, I just was like, I like I tell people it's called looking at the horizon. Mm-hmm. Everything in your life is a next is the next hurdle to get to whatever your horizon is. Mm-hmm. So you gotta dream big. You gotta think differently. You gotta see more for yourself. You gotta say to yourself, you're like, Sydney, I see 35 published author, number one bestseller on my third <laughs> book. You know what I'm saying? You gotta like, you gotta see it so that you put the work in. Because mm-hmm. what happens to us is we get FOMO of life. Mm-hmm. We see the quick, fast turnaround of your friends out partying. Like yeah. everybody got a Lamborghini in a week for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody did, like, they threw a quarter in the air and caught it in a toaster. Now it's the most TikTok viral thing and they got a million dollars. Like, we see all this stuff and it's all here throwing us off our course, but it's like, that's not your course. You can see it, you can appreciate it, you can respect it, but you got to tell yourself, like, I like that, but I want to be a best selling author with three books under my belt by the time I'm 35. Yeah. So the only thing, you know what I'm saying? And like, don't put like a time frame on it, but like, I want to be a best-selling author, you know what I'm saying? With three books under my belt. You mm-hmm. put that in the air, the world will give it to you. I said to myself, kid you not, so I got, one time I watched a Bollywood film, my homegirl, she was Indian. And mm-hmm. I said, hmm, I'm going to be in a Bollywood film. Five seconds later, I was in a fucking Bollywood film. <laughs> one time I was watching Netflix. I said, yo, next year, I'm going to be on that bitch and I'm going to shoot that bitch. I did both them shits in the same year. You can literally manifest it. I was talking to my co-director this morning. We mm-hmm. just said, okay, we we was working this concert out. Shit didn't work with it. I said, I looked her in the face the other day. I said, yo, we got to stun on everybody. Everything we didn't pay for. Everything we get into, all the big shit. Just mm-hmm. got to call. Bring, bring, hello, what's that? Money. Opportunity. <laughs> Somebody's trying to put me in a big room today. And it was because I spoke it into existence. So you gotta like dream big. You gotta see more. Like you gotta create that horizon that you constantly looking at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That goes back to me at Wendy's. When I was flipping a little four for fours, making a little junior. Yeah, junior it's, it's more expensive than four for four. They got five dollar biggie bag for everything now. <laughs> Damn it, bro. I've been there so long. <laughs> but, <laughs> like I when I was making them little sandwiches, I was always thinking about where I was gonna be. Mm-hmm. And I I appreciated the fact that like when like everything in life is a hurdle, like no matter what situation happens, but when you get there, it's like wow i still gotta keep going because it's a new horizon mm-hmm. by the time you by the time you get there you're gonna be three books in you know what i'm saying you 20 you 21 now by the yeah. time you're 31 you'll fuck around be three books in and now you gotta you gotta get have a new horizon you can buy on a tv show fuck i want a channel fuck i want a library fuck i want to create <laughs> a publishing company you're gonna be like that and that's and that's how and that's how it has to level itself so you gotta dream big because you reach for the stars so you can land on the clouds but you never upset about the journey because you did something that most people never, never dreamed they could do themselves. Right. Yeah. So speaking of like the journey, what do you think, like, how do you, how do you like deal with, or just like, what do you think about like when you're in the journey, right. And you are dealing with like rejection, how do you like deal with it? And then how do you like not feel like, Oh my gosh, this is never going to happen for me because it's like not working out right now. How do you push through that? Like feeling? Learn to accept rejection in life. So, <laughs> I'm going to be 100% honest with you. 
I, everything don't work out for me. Like, yo, I've been to like gigs, but they look me dead in the face and say, go fuck yourself, bro. You know what I'm saying? I didn't been in opportunities where somebody said, you ain't the guy, I'm going to give this money to. And it just is what it is. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or like, no, just just straight no's. Most look at me and say, straight no. You have to believe in what you see yourself being more than the what the world sees you as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the same way I've been told no, it's the same way I've been told yes. I've been to like festivals and shows and and movie sets and all this stuff where guess what? I wasn't supposed to be here. But you know what I did? I believed I was supposed to be here so fucking hard that other people just he seems important. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but he just he seems like he's supposed to do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm one step off being in the director chair. Like just like just like just like just off of just Sometimes you just got to breathe. You just got to remember that horizon. You got to understand where you want to go and where you want to be and what you want to do. And that this is a step in life. It's a hurdle. This ain't your point to celebrate at. If you get a book tomorrow and it go number one, this ain't the point to celebrate at. You mm-hmm. already said three. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Like, you got like, to understand that the celebration and the loss is the same. It's nothing different. Yeah. A lady yelled at me a week ago. Swear to God. Went to do a shoot. Lady freaked out on me. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know what I did? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's like, that might be energy of life or how she's feeling or the situation or whatever. Can't let it affect you because your vision is your vision. Right, yeah. So if you let that be the deterrent, then you wasn't meant to do this. <laughs> That's how you know you wasn't meant to do this. Mm-hmm. If she came and she bullied me and made me feel little, yeah. and I decided to hang up my camera and and go be a car salesman or some shit, no disrespect car salesman, shout out to y'all. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, if, if I did that, then that wasn't my course in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if your vision is really like, if you really feel this in your heart, then the world can't sway you off it. Cause that's your trajectory. You was always meant to get there. Yeah, some hiccups. Yeah, swerve. But guess what? It's never been linear. This has always been. You'll get there when you need to. So like, it's gonna be a lot of discouraging shit in any journey. That's a hero's tale. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As they tell you, like, any cool hero story has a bunch of runaround. So mm-hmm. you gotta treat your shit like the Odyssey. You might fuck around and go go to one publisher, right? And they say no. You might get ten publishers say no. There's two things you could do. You can recalibrate or you can talk to the next man. Mm-hmm. You might fuck around and do both. Recalibrate and talk to this. You know what I'm saying? Keep talking to it. And then somebody going to see it and see it as gold and put your shit out and it's going to go wherever it needs to go. Yeah. So sometimes I just got to look at the world when they reject you and you got to say, one, that's a missed opportunity for them. Right. And two, it's a growing mechanism for you. Yeah. Because you should be able to learn from a situation like that. So like, you got to take it as the tools you can build from that. Like, hmm, how did I not engage that situation properly? But then two, boy, they should eat their fucking words one day when they see who you're going to become. Like, not even, you don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't live on that, but just mm-hmm. know that it exists in your brain. Just know that like, huh, it's unfortunate that I was going to always be great and you didn't know it at the time. Because yeah. now they got to talk to you with a price. That's true. If I wanted to do it for free and you told me go fuck off, I come back with a fee. 
I've been trying like new things lately. Um, so one of them being I wrote a screenplay the other day for the first time and it turned out really well and I really liked it and I kind of feel like pivoting my entire writing style to be more towards screenplays and I've even like looked up like screenwriting or like film screenwriting master's programs and mm -hmm. it's kind of like ridiculous to apply to them because I've literally only written one. Like I was going to apply to like a creative writing fiction master's because I've written like a bunch of different stories, but I've written one screenplay and I feel like I want to go in that direction. What would you say about like trusting yourself and like doing those like decisions that seem crazy, but like you feel in your gut is right? Do it. It's your gut talking to you. You know what I'm saying? That's your body. That's your spirit. That's, that's, that's the real intuitive form of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I applied to film school. Mm -hmm. I only made one video. Guess what? I sent that video off with my with my package. They mm -hmm. never saw the video. My photos were strong enough, but they never saw the video. Mm -hmm. And they let me into film school. And I'm at this point in life now because they took that chance on me. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, just do it because why the fuck not? Why not? Like, why not? It's, like, it's, your, it's your own brain telling you not to do this shit. But the world is giving you the opportunity. Right, yeah. If it's in front of you and it's of interest, why not test it and see what it hits for? Because the worst they can do is say no. But the best they can do is change your whole trajectory. So do it. I mean, if you're interested in it and you think that it's a passion or something you might be able to do, one, you already know there's another another area you're accomplished in and that you're very comfortable in and that you're very set in. Yeah. And then two, this might just be you having to step it up to another level, a next level for yourself. Mm -hmm. So you could go up there and you could do something else and go to another level. Or you can go up there, they can tell you, fuck off. And you could decide to keep working on that. Or you can go back and be like, you know what? That just made me realize how really fucking good I am in my regular writing. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got you to find, I call it a negative positive. It's mm -hmm. a loss and a win at the same time. You lose yeah. a little something about yourself, but you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You don't really know until you put yourself to the fire. We all feel like we hard body. We all tough. We all this. We all that. But nobody's really in the dungeon. Nobody's really in the cage. Nobody's really on the stove. We're not really actually having to deal with the stuff that makes us realize a lot about ourselves. And rejection is the biggest form of learning about who you are. Rejection makes you understand so much about yourself. Like you'll be like, you you'll realize you're a villain or a hero really <laughs> like you'll realize like what type of human being you want to be when you grow up off of how you deal with rejection how it makes you feel and how you decide to maneuver life yeah you know what i'm saying just try it just to see what happens you might fuck around and change your whole trajectory in life or you might say hey i like where i'm at and i'm good with that yeah and like the the chance of even like hearing a yes that might change your life is so worth the chance of hearing a no that might make you sad for a little bit and then like you'll forget about later because I was rejected from some writing thing writing competition which is like you know you just you just live with rejection as a writer um because if you just you're gonna hear a bunch of no's before you get that one yes that changes your life and I remember like when I got the email like unfortunately we can't or whatever unfortunately we're not we didn't pick your piece there was a bunch of strong pieces or whatever um I was like devastated because I was like oh my god like I thought this was gonna be the one but literally as I was talking to someone they were like oh what happened with that and I was like oh I like totally forgot about that that was like two months ago I don't remember <laughs> but I was so sad in the moment but then like two months later I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> I don't even know 
Um, so like learning that rejection, the feelings that come with rejection, that sadness is not gonna, it's not gonna last for as long as you think it is. No, it never, that's the thing. It doesn't last as long. Like, right. When I got out of film school, I, I tried to get into like writing school. Mm-hmm. The lady saw my, she saw my script said, you suck. No, I'm not. <laughs> you. And I was so hurt. <laughs> I was so hurt. I'm like, man, you understand <laughs> literally and like i'm just i was upset i was so upset by the fact that she like literally thought that everything i wrote was shit mm-hmm. and it hurt my feelings i ain't gonna hold you yeah. but what it did do was it made me realize like i was supposed to be over here focusing on being a director focusing on my craft focusing on like I would have never, my company, I would have never really took time to build it if I would have had that two years, two, three years to escape and just go be a writer. Mm-hmm. But I needed that note. I needed I needed to know that I wasn't the guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like what can you learn from each rejection that you get? Yeah. Instead of like just, instead of like hyper fixating on the feelings that the rejection gave you, thinking about like what, what does this rejection, what can I learn about myself and what can I learn about others from this rejection too? yeah exactly so you got it slowly but surely you will figure it out you know what i'm saying it's just a it's a growing mechanism and mm-hmm. i think this is so interesting though because like i'm literally like sitting here with you having these conversations that i wish that somebody would have had with me when i was like <laughs> a, a young person trying mm-hmm. to figure out life like everybody's like you know it'll all get better and this and that and yeah. Yeah, yeah. like it's like no tell people really what life is like and what it's about and and I can't give you all the advice, but yeah. I can just tell you how to think when you go into these situations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. And I I feel like I believe that it will work out. Like I feel like I believe that I will be able to achieve those things. But um I feel like everyone talks about like the journey being like so much more important than the destination. But sometimes I think I said this in like a previous episode. I feel like when you don't know that you're actually going to reach that destination, like when you, that is not guaranteed for you, the journey is like difficult to appreciate sometimes. Yeah. So that's why you got to just blind faith it. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You have to blind faith it because guess what? Moses was out there telling them about the land of milk and honey. They walked for 40 years with my man's type shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it was all 40 years of belief. 365 days of a year. I would have woke up on day 367 and be like, this nigga lying. <laughs> he lying. Yeah. He lying. Milk and honey out there. I'm going back. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you gotta, you gotta kind of get yourself that concept where you believe more because we look at all these like famous people right and we put them on this pedestal in life you you, you think about like a, a a jack curat as a writer or something like that you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. we put these people on such a pedestal that we don't realize that they were just human beings who understood they were supposed to be there and decided to be themselves there yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they got to that le- they got to that level but they understood who they were innately and they could move accordingly to that. So it's like, if you understand, this is the level I'm trying to go to, 
and you don't chase it and you don't force yourself to be something else different to fit into the mold and you don't and you, when you do it on your own terms the world will give it to you but you gotta know who you are and where you want to be and how you'll handle it on your terms yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. a lot of people don't do that they just kind of get there and then now they just i'm here but this i didn't I didn't did this. I didn't want to do. I didn't did this. I didn't want to do. I didn't pretend this to get here. It's like no. If you do it on your own terms, you'll get there in your own time, and you'll feel a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You got it. It's just a, it's a pace, and you gotta just kind of believe more than you want. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I realized a while ago. It's like I was like, I could have been rich at what 21. Yeah. I could have been rich at 21. I could have been successful at 21. I could have did anything at 21. But I didn't have the mindset to be there. And even if it would have worked for me, I wouldn't have been ready for it. So Mm -hmm. it's like understanding like, I'm so me now that the world can never tell me shit about shit. I can go anywhere and be me. I'm on a Bollywood film. Just I'm this same guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I go over there. I'm talking to y'all. I'm I'm, I'm so me that I'm so me. But a lot of people don't get that because you got to maneuver to be what you want to be. But like when you learn this level, the world is going to make you famous. The world's going to make you successful. The world's going to make you this. The world's going to make you that. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get all the shit that you wanted for yourself, but on your terms this time, not on their terms. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's better to write a book because you like it, not because a publisher tells you that these are the topics. That's so true. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I try to tell myself, I'm like, you, I know that I would write these stories whether or not they would make me money or whether or not it would get published because I want these stories to exist. Um, but it's like, it's also, it's like, it would be nice to <laughs> make money off of that too. You know? yeah. So like, that's why, then that's why I was saying like collaboration is key too, right? Is because to do something obscure or weird or different or whatever the fuck people want to put in the box, like, even as creators, creatives judge creatives. Like, <laughs> we, like you know, you look around, you're like, this is a real job. It's a real, it's a real job. It really is a real job. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? We interns. Mm-hmm. I would consider us interns in the field. Like, we're the water cooler. We, the first couple weeks, months here, and other people have been doing it for a while. So they're telling you what the, what the message is and what the brand is. It's mm-hmm. our job to get our homies hired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's, it's like as a creator it's your job to find other people who create you got to find a videographer mm-hmm. and work with him to the point where you can get him paid you got to find inspiration and work with them to the point they get money you know what I'm saying and then find people who want to get you money because that's how you create your own sphere that's how you turn that Wendy's into a sensei's <laughs> to a little Sandy's Everybody love me so much. This ain't no Wendy's. No, well, it's my fucking restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to kind of do that as a creator because that's how we kick open the door. You know what I'm saying? Jackson Pollock, a painter, famous painter. He wasn't the best painter in the world. But one thing he did do was create his own sphere around him mm-hmm. of people who just, like, fucked with him as a person and they upped the standard of what he was as an artist. So mm-hmm. when he broke in art, he cost money money. 
mm-hmm. and we gotta do that with each other. Same way Seth Rogen let his friends come be in his little movies. <laughs> yeah. Now, when they break, you know that guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, and they cost money. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My last question was about like, how do you like as a person of color carve out a space in a creative world that can be so dominated by like the white narrative? And I feel like sometimes lately, post um, Black Lives Matter stuff, there is a lot of different opinions like about what the black narrative should be about and like how do you stay true to your personal narrative even not even just like black narrative personal color narrative like how do you stay true to your narrative amongst all these other like voices to like trying to tell you like what what the black narrative is about so the first things first is that the black narrative is always going to be our first foreground like no matter how separated people try to take themselves from our culture or our life or anything like that, this is going to be the first thing people look at as us as creators. Yeah. yeah. The fact that we're Black. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? There's people in the world who be like, oh, I want people to see past me and my color and this and that. Mm-hmm. And it does happen. But the Black narrative is important. And I feel like as a creator, our job is to make new realms for what the Black narrative is. Because we've always been a multifaceted people yeah but the world portrays us in a base level the same way we could say nine to five we just think of every guy working at the cubicle yeah it's the same way that they will look at black people and just see us as black they just say like oh you guys all like hip-hop and this and that and this and that and this and that yeah for me i realized a long time ago because i'm originally from chicago i just realized a long time ago that i was different from people but the thing that made me different was that I wasn't different. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was outside. All my friends do this, do that, we'll do whatever. Oop-de-oop. But I'm still going to listen to Nirvana. I'm still going to listen to Coldplay. I'm yeah. still going to listen to Lincoln Park. I'm yeah. still going to walk around and do this and that and this and that. Like, i always been this eccentrically me, but I was always accepted in it because I was living in my truest self. And I realized that our culture allows you to be yourself as long as you're yourself. We will fry you out of here. We'll roast you out of here. We will talk shit about you out of here. Once we realize that the chink your armor is not you, out of here. But like, I realized that as a creator, I learned a lot about how to just naturally be myself in any situation and how to curate a room in any situation. So mm-hmm. I can go in the blackest room or the whitest room and I'm always going to be this same flow of person because this is just innately who I am. Mm-hmm. So... I think that what we need to do more in our culture is just keep helping curate people like me because I'm a foreground person and you're a foreground person. It's just the ability to be able to talk to everybody in every room. Like people need to understand that our culture is our culture through and through and through and through. And we need to support our culture and we need to help grow and we need to make it more mainstream, but it's not just the black. Yeah. that y'all painted of us you know what i'm saying they see yeah. one bad news article that's us for the week they see george floyd and then now they either think of us as like victims or slaves or this or that when it's like no we're on the same we're on the same plane mm-hmm. we just create a different spectrum than y'all Mm-hmm, yeah. we curate culture to be honest with you we being completely honest yeah. we curate all the culture i'm in a i'm in a country where race don't matter as much as class does mm-hmm. and one thing you come to realize is that black people matter. 
we didn't touch every culture. Mm-hmm. We didn't touch every culture. We didn't sprinkle a little in every culture, the same way they didn't sprinkle a little in us, but we didn't touch, touch some people. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we keep showing the dopest parts of what our culture is. And we keep trying to help people understand we a lot more than these fucking music videos y'all see. We a lot more than the glitz and the glam and the diamonds, this and that. Like our culture has been our culture since been our culture. Yeah. Y'all love Picasso. Picasso was inspired by black people. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to be that next wave. I want to be how you look at a Basquiat. I want y'all look at me. How you look at, you know what I'm saying? How you look at like, uh, I was listening to this child's Gambino song. He said he want people to consider him the black James Franco. I want to be that. <laughs> I want I want people to look at me and just like just say like you know what I'm saying like everybody in this bitch. I want my whole culture in this bitch. I want all of the support in this bitch. I want black people to get the same respect and love and support behind our work as everybody else. But I also want us to have a realm to create more than just marginalizing ourselves to African ancestry and this and that and yada yada. We should be able to forefront the next futuristic movements. Afrofuturism is here in this bitch, and we got to create that shit. But we 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 don't feel like we allowed to be anything outside of a box. The world can't box us, and the world needs to accept more of what we're trying to create as creators. And I think that we need to be more open about what we're trying to create as creators, because even sometimes I think we put our own minds in a box about what we're supposed to do based off what the world thinks of us. But there's so much more to us. I never cared about what the world thought of me as a black man. Right, yeah. Or what the world thought of me as anything. I don't care about what the world thinks of me, period, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm trying to get to be like honest. <laughs> As long as you ain't hurting nobody, I don't give a fuck about what the world think about me. But it's like, I just care about how I can affect the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that, like, as a black creator, we just got to start putting more into how we going to make that next step to change the world because they don't want people like us changing the world. Who's mm-hmm. they? Everybody. Mm-hmm. Even ourselves sometimes. Yeah. But it's like, like, yeah. like, it really is. Like nobody, everybody wants to say like the white man is that, but it's everybody. Mm-hmm. But that's, every, the, but every culture probably feels like that. Yeah, What's well, our job to like, we already love unconditionally as a culture. We got to keep striving for better. We got to keep doing more. We got to keep stunning. We got to keep flexing. We got to keep, getting money we got to keep having this jewelry and shit because that was us that was our culture we was gonna get it anyways we was gonna do this shit anyway i'll be fly anyway i'll be turned up anyways what are you talking about like i was gonna get to it anyways because this is what we were supposed to do and i think that if you can just make this an honest living for everybody then that then i made the right choices as a creator i made the right choices as a black creator wow that was really deep that was great so <laughs> i totally agree with you i feel like my main goal as a writer is to there are there's just so many stories about black people where black pain is the whole story and i want to write more stories where black pain is not the because black pain is not our only story like that should never be the whole story it can be part of our story but that shouldn't be our only story and that's like what i strive to do as a black yeah. And I, I'm, I, I feel like we need to step away from that because they, they, they bully, not even, bu- yes, yes, fuck it. They bully, they bully. Because the same way we talked about earlier, you can go to a record label that make you make a song. You go to a publishing agency and they make you make a book. They try to bully our culture into only being trauma. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not everything we're about. We don't just wear chains to hide the pain. We wear chains because we always wore fucking chains. Yeah. We wear jewelry because we always wore fucking jewelry. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we do these things because they are natural ways of life for us. But to the outside world, all they see is, please don't hurt me. Like, <laughs> I'm a victim. Or I'm super like this and that and this and that and this and that. Yeah. We got to be hard or so soft that it hurts. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, we exist in the same flows as everybody. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We're not limited to those two extremes that they keep. Yes. Like- no, no margins. My company's called No Margins. For a reason, yeah. It was, it was because I don't believe in the fact that I don't believe in marginalizing people. I don't believe in putting people in a box or saying that this is you and this is what you do. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So as a culture, I'm never going to box my culture in because I exist in my culture. And back in the day, they would have told me that this don't exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that it's time we get a world this and show them that we exist on multiple spectrums too. I think I think we can wrap the episode up there. Thank you so much for coming. This has been a great conversation, honestly. Like this was so enlightening and also just like talking about different topics about how to harness your creativity was lovely. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I hope we got somewhere in the realm of artistic <laughs> creativity. I think we ran all about life limits of crisis in China and all that other good stuff. But I think that you know, people will hear this and like kind of take from it. You know, the, the ultimate principle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like find what flows for you and just be the best performer. Um, before we go, did you want to promote any of your like social handles? I'll put that in the episode description too. It's your boy does a thousand and one things. I do so many things, it hurts my whole feeling. This is my eighth thing for the day. <laughs> I run a media company called No Margins Media. You can mm-hmm. find us on Instagram, YouTube um twitter tiktok facebook wherever you go we work with artists and creatives you can find us at n-o-m-a-r-g-i-n-s underscore m-e-i-d-i-a i am going to be the best director alive and you got the interview on today Cindy. yeah <laughs> i also run a clothing brand with my homeboy alberto banda called a hundred tag studios where we make custom jackets and you can find us on Instagram at H-U-N-D-R-E-D-S-T-U-D-I-O-S Studios. 100 Tag Studios. I hope I spelled it right. I quit halfway through. <laughs> you, get the, you get the gist. 100 Tag Studios. Go ahead. We make some cool shit. This one of our shirts right here. But like, yeah, like, um, I'm just, I'm doing a lot of different things. I, I feel like, you know, with the whole, like, even with the media company, like, like, don't marginalize yourself. Don't just put yourself in one box. Try shit out. See what you like. See what you hate. Some things you're going to be great at. Sometimes you're going to be really shit. Like, it's okay. It's, it's perfectly fine. But it's like, you know, in this world, we're all playing a game. So you might as well go ahead and hit the little side quest, Grand Theft Auto style, and just see what other fun you can have. Right now, I'm playing in that sandbox. I got two businesses that work very, very well. Mm-hmm. and manifestation and hard work is key keep mm-hmm. doing that keep pushing for whatever you got going on i asked this to all of my guests to wrap up the episode you've given us like a lot of great advice but what is the most impactful piece of advice that you've ever been given the most impactful piece of advice i've ever been given 
Shout out to you, Tom. <laughs> Just keep creating. No matter what's going on, no matter how life has you feeling, no matter what your financial status is, just keep creating because that's the thing that's always going to draw you back to who you really are as a person. Mm-hmm. What you what you build in this world with your hands makes you understand who you're going to be as a man or a woman or whatever your preference is mm-hmm. um, gender identity-wise. Just make and you will discover yourself in that. So that is the end of our guest episode harness your creativity with nigel sandridge and it was a blast honestly it was a blast to talk to him um as always make sure to follow jumbo podcast on instagram at jumbo podcast and also make sure to check out our website at bit.ly slash jumbo pod so that's like jumbo podcast without the cast part anyways you get it Um, I'm going to put all the links that we mentioned in the episode description. And as always, I hope tomorrow is better for you than today. Even if today was amazing, I hope tomorrow is even better. Um, I'm sure it will be. Even if tomorrow does end up, like, actually being the worst, if you do at least one thing to make yourself feel better, then it has the potential to be better than the day before. Anyways, it's spring. Go outside. Go smell the flowers. Be careful of the bees because they're coming out of hibernation or wherever they go when it gets cold. 